0: Welcome to the Harbor Church Podcast. Harbor's here to connect people with Jesus and with each other. If you're looking to get connected, you can find more info at harborchurch.com. Now, here's this week's message from Pastor Josh.
1: We'll make a little noise, Harbor Church! Woo! I don't know that we've ever started a service like that before. Man, man. I would not have believed that if you had asked the kid version of me in Sunday school like 20 years ago. The church I went to would never have done that. So, man, welcome. Welcome to Harbor Church. Those of you that are checking us out on Facebook right now or watching this on YouTube, maybe you're listening to it on the uh, podcast. If you're listening to it on the podcast, you have no idea what you're missing right now. But um, welcome. Welcome to Harbor Church. This might be your first time ever at Harbor. It might be your first time at any church even. Uh, Man, we're so glad that you're with us. My name is Josh I'm the lead pastor here at Harbor Church. I'm thrilled that you're with us for the second week of our At the Movie series. Um, The idea here is not that we're like in love with movies. I mean, I am. I love movies, but it's uh, it's not like everything in every movie is all good. We know that. We know there's a lot of stuff that's out there that isn't good but i believe that any truth that you can find is god's truth god is truth and so if there's truth out there and every once in a while hollywood finds a few nuggets of truth and it's easier for me and maybe for some of you to hear it in a story form to see it in a movie every once in a while and go okay hey what 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 is it that maybe god has for me that's what we call this finding faith in film and it's our at the movie series and this uh, this week, this whole weekend, we're, we're doing the greatest showman uh, movie. And uh, I believe that the greatest show that was ever, ever performed was when Jesus came and he laid out his life for us to give us not only an example of how to live, but then he died for us in our place to give us the freedom that comes from having our sins forgiven. So that's what we're really celebrating. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm excited that we get to do this movie. I am not a musical Guy, I don't like musical movies, but this one, <clears throat> man, right in the feels.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a problem. So I am here, and I'm I'm sitting because I just I danced kind of hard, and I'm really out of shape. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to sit. Um, but I am up here because uh, I am low-grade obsessed with this movie. Um, and if any of you have talked to me at any point ever about this movie, then you've gotten the rant that I'm about to give you now. But um, this movie came out in 2017. It was about a year after um, Josh and I and, and the launch team that was with us had started Harbor, so we'd been doing this thing for about a year. This
1: is my wife, by the way. Oh, right. <laughs> I was supposed to introduce hey. her. My bad.
0: Not just a rando up here. Well, I am, but whatever. It's fine. Anyway, um, so this movie came out. I saw it in theaters, and I, I mean, I immediately. First of all, I had to you know change towns because I just cried so hard, and everyone saw it. It was really embarrassing. Um, but I, I immediately called Josh, and I was like, "You, you have to get by yourself, watch this movie. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and it's the best representation of what planting a church has been like. It's like the be- like this is the best allegory for the church I've ever seen in film, ever." Um.
1: I got it because <laughs> <laughs> I think I look like Hugh Jackman so I understood where she was coming from with this I was like she's like you got to watch this movie you gotta watch this movie and I was like okay so like a really really handsome guy uh, you know pulls these people together and does a, an amazing job you know just, Putting on this show that a lot of people think didn't think was going to happen. I was like, I I get why you wanted me to watch it. Ben, M- made sense.
0: Yeah, and I was coming at it more from the angle of like a penniless misfit who marries way out of his league and like puts together this <laughs> puts together this band of renegade freaks that everybody universally thinks could not possibly succeed. And then he gets like a little too big for his britches and tries to like chase all this comp- competition and like keeps is like blinded by achievement. But then in the end, his wife we gives him it. some we- really good advice. Um, and And then, like, they form this really beautiful community.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. Regardless, regardless, it's it's a good movie. You're only encouraging her. Um, (laughs) It's a really good movie, and it's not it's not a true story, but it it, uh, it's about the life of P. T. Barnum. Um, and if you don't know, he's the one that kind of started the Barnum and Bailey Circus, and so uh, this kind of like gives a, a fictional version of how that circus could have started with him. And um, it starts with him just as a kid dreaming of having more. He's this poor kid who gets orphaned and has nothing to his name, and he just dreams about what it could be. And I remember the the I remember back, and we're getting ready to celebrate Harbor's five-year anniversary um, coming up in a couple months, which is going to be really cool. And I remember all those years ago, uh, I remember, Kaylee, you and I just talking about what God could do um, with a church on Cape Cod and what it looked like. And, um, you know, we're we were here. Kaylee grew up in Sandwich, so we're not too far from Hyannis. And we were just praying over Hyannis and what 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 could what could God do with a church planted in the middle of Cape Cod? And everybody's saying, that's, that's a horrible idea. Don't plant a church in Hyannis. That's, a, that's the worst demographics. you got to go someplace where it's growing, where there's more money, where people want to go to church. They're like, Hyannis is the worst idea. And we're like, yeah, God, Hyanna, everybody says Hyannis is the worst idea. And he goes, no, nope, that's where I want you to go. And, <laughs> I mean, we just dreamed. We just dreamed about what kind of church Cape Cod needed and what kind of church Cape Coders and New Englanders needed. And, and I mean, we sat around. We talked about our – this is where we came up with the core values of Harbor Church. Um, I'll put them up on the screen for you if you don't if you don't know them you can find them out in the hallways they're on posters everywhere these are the things that and, and this isn't something we stole from somewhere else we just sat around our dining room table with a handful of weirdos honestly just like in the movie um, and we said like what what could a what could a church be what should a church be and what should what should matter what would make a difference and so we said we wanted to be real we wanted to I mean that I, I use the phrase dumpster fires around here all the time we if, if you know you're real if you know you're messed up then you can love other people that are messed up. We wanted to be serving. We wanted to We wanted to be known for like going out and giving back to the community. A lot of people don't know that a church exists in their community unless the church is asking them for money. So we want to be known for what we give, not what we take. Uh, same thing with the generosity. Everything we have can be used to help others. I believe God has given every single one of us, every one of you, time, talents, treasures, and a testimony. And that is something you can leverage to help the people around you. And then that leads us to be growing. Everybody, I, I know some of you grew up in churches like I grew up in, where the pastor was on this pedestal, and like he had he had achieved it all. I I don't. I'm not that. I I love that God uses me, but I'm messed up just like you are. And I, I believe we all have a next step to take. Our our theme here, our motto here at Harbor is that it's hope for the journey. I believe everybody's journey matters, and every single one of us have a step to take next. So. That was just some of the dreaming we did around, like what what this could be.
0: Yeah, and you know, is and 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 you know, as you said, like it was it was, and s- you know, some of you that are in the room tonight were there. You know, these early conversations around at the time, you know, our dining room table, really just just like a million different ideas about what church could be and what it could look like if a group of people cared more about you know letting God work in a powerful way than following their own desires and you know religious traditions. Um, and so yeah, so when I first when I first saw this movie, there's this there's this song and there's this opening scene that I just thought captured how that felt um, to dream about what Harbor could be. So we'll take a look at that now.
1: That's, that's, that's actually uh, as far
0: as we can get into that clip without <laughs> crying hysterically.
1: I get, clear. <clears throat> I get teary. So um,
0: that's as much as you're getting. Sorry. Watching the kid
1: sing about what he could do. If you want
0: to see the whole song, you can wait till later when it's dark yeah, and you can't see me. That's,
1: that's too much. We're not going to do too much feels. We're not going to give you too much of the movie. Uh, in the service, you're going to have to stick around for the movie, watch it, or run it on your own. But yeah, that that's a powerful clip. that, yeah, that whole is, idea.
0: It's a yeah, it's a problem. We uh, I haven't I haven't ever actually made it through that song without crying, so I'm not going to test that tonight. Um, but yeah, so it's just this. You know, we're we're getting to sort of create this thing. This you know we get to be you know create this thing that got this dream that God's put in our hearts. And um, you know, one of the things that we were praying over and dreaming about and tr- and trying to think about was you Know what to call it. All right, we're gonna, you know, start this church. What's the name gonna be? Um, and, uh, spoiler alert, we uh, we came up with Harbor Church. Um, and the reason for that was there was there was kind of three specific things yeah, that we felt like <laughs> <laughs> the
1: it's crowd an went nuts on name. that, babe. I love that. was great. <laughs> That's they
0: um, like the name, it's cool. It's okay. I try, I trust them that I think they're paying attention. I think they're just they're in it's the movies, they gotta be quiet. Not really, you can talk anyway. Sorry, so um you know harbor so harbor kind of there's these three ideas wrapped up in the name harbor one was that a harbor is a place that um it's a place of sending so it's a place that ships are sent out from um you know ships have all kinds of different purposes some are warships and some are trading ships and you know some are cruise ships um but they're they come (laughs) oh we share for cruises is that what's happening (laughs) whatever guys um, so harbors are a place of sending. It's a place where you go out. And that was such a big part of our heart, you know, for this church is that we exist and we're here to reach the people that are far from Jesus, to reach our communities, you know, to go out and to do that. But something else is that a harbor is a place of supply. Um, kind of like we talked about with one of the core values being growing, you know, a boat comes into a harbor to restock. You know, this is a place where you can, um, you can be educated. This is a place where you can grow, where you can learn, where you can take that next step, where you can learn more about your faith, or you can learn more about who you, who you are and what your gifts are and how you can serve God. But the last thing, and, and probably the thing that was kind of nearest and dearest to our hearts, was that a harbor is a place of safety. Um, so many people are going through storms in life and so many people are out alone on the ocean and they think they don't have a place to belong and they think there's nowhere that can take care of them and they think that they're on their own. And we just, we had, God gave us this vision for a church that could be a place that said, hey, no matter what you've been through and no matter what you look like and no matter how torn your sails are, you're welcome here and you're safe here and nobody's gonna cast you out and nobody's going to judge you. This is a place of of, of safety where you can really hopefully find a community and, and then ultimately find your mission and go back out.
1: Yeah, that that as we as we prayed over that and as God began to bless and we were just Trying to hold services in our church, in our home, and then that got too big, and then we got a clubhouse because some of the people in, in that that small group they had access to one, and then the weather got nice, and they're like, we don't want a church in our clubhouse, we want to have birthday parties in our clubhouse, and we're like, okay, then we got a storefront over next to Cape Cod Beer, and we were there for a little bit, and then um, we were able to, because of just some generosity and God moving in an amazing way, a little church of thirty people. We're able to purchase two acres of land right off of the main street, Hyenas, what used to be an old pet store, and uh, God, that, that never happens. We were, we were like. Three months old and four, maybe six months old. And we had no records to show a bank. Nobody was going to lend us money. And then another church said, hey, we want to get behind you. And then other churches got behind us and more people got behind us. And we were able to get a building. And then um, we were able to get a loan to uh, get it under construction, turn into a church. And then God started. And as much as I love that God provided a building, Harbor isn't a building God provided the people, and and the church has always been people. You might have grown up thinking that that church is that building, and that church is that building, and such and such church of such and such town is that building. The church has never been a building. Back when churches started, they were it was illegal, so like the church, there was no gathering place you could find. You had to, you had to. They were hiding in basements. Some of them were meeting out in, in cemeteries, or you know, hiding in abandoned warehouses. And so this is not this building that you're in is not Harbor Church. The people that God began to bring. Together, and I mean, listen—it's—it's it's exactly what we wanted. When we said we wanted to be real, and if you're real, you don't pick up the normal church person that like looks the right way and dresses the right way and talks the right way and knows the the Christianese high five handshake when they come in the door. They're just like, uh, I'm broken. I'm, I mean, dumpster fires attract dumpster fires, which is I think why we are the pastors that we are. We get to do this, and and as God brought more and more people, some of them were friends that we had been praying for for for. Many years, over decades, just going. God, do something in their life. People were getting saved and coming in, and I think it's what you talked about. I think it was people love having a, a safe place to gather, yeah. and uh, as as PT Barnum found, um, providing a place where people can gather, it just people just come. People hear about that and they be, they get interested, and so watch this, you'll see how he grows his. Uh, man, I love that scene. Um, I love how just all these uh, different people come together. And um, that was probably the thing that stood out the most to me when Kaylee asked me to watch the movie. I was like, I love that. I love that um, there's, there's a place for everybody. And um, I mean, I'm just looking around this room, and I'm thinking about the people that God has brought to Harbor. And a lot of them told me, they're like, I never thought I would go to church. I'm like, Excellent. I didn't think I belonged at church. I didn't think I'd be welcome at church. I didn't think there was a church that would fit me. My favorite one is I didn't think church could be fun. And that, that one's my favorite. But it's and I guess it depends on your definition of fun. Um, but I loved I, I loved watching that. I love seeing all those people come together. And I, it just reminded me that, like, you know, God takes freaks and he turns them into family. And um, that's that's just that's what he's been doing all through scripture. Jesus took this ragtag group of disciples and he turned, turned the world upside down with a couple of guys that just came together as, as kind of family. This is what the Bible says about church. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 17. If the whole body was an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But if our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. This is the thing. This is what the Bible is trying to say here. Every church is made up of a group of people and you make up that church body just the same way that your physical body is made up of different pieces. You have fingers and toes and ears and eyes and shin bones. And, you know, I I don't know what you consider yourself or if, if you look at belonging to a church and going. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like you, Pastor Josh. I would never get up on stage. I couldn't be like that. Like you're you're the mouthpiece. OK, fine. I'm, I'm a mouth or whatever, whatever you think that, that a pastor is. But maybe you consider yourself a kneecap. You're like, I'm just a kneecap. I'm, try walking around without your kneecap. Every part belongs. And a lot of times what we do is we look at other people in life and we're like, well, I'm not like them, so I'm not as valuable. Or you look at them and you go, I'm better than them, so I'm more valuable. And that's that doesn't work that way either. The, I don't want this church to look exactly like. I don't want you to look just like me and talk just like me and do all that. Uh, the that's what the Bible's saying here. He goes, if 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 your whole body was your ear, that's pretty freaking looking. I mean, right? Like you look at if if the whole thing. I mean, if the whole thing was one giant. I mean, I love my big toe, but if all I was was one giant big toe, that's pretty gross. That's. That's not what we want. We want it, you know. We want to come together with a bunch of different people. The d- more different our church can look, the more the more it's going to be representative of heaven. Um, I, I just love that that different people can come together. That we can we can we can come and create something pretty amazing. Ephesians chapter two, verses nineteen through twenty one says this: "You're a citizen along with all of God's holy people. You're members of God's family. Together, we are His house." Together, we make up Harbor Church or whatever church built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone of our church is Jesus Christ. That's him himself. We are carefully check this out. We are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple for the Lord. That was our goal. Our goal was never to create a a church that said, oh, look how cool we are. Look what we can do or look at this. It was all about saying, how can we knit people together to reach more people? If you can become a part of a group like this, maybe we can help reach your family or your neighbors or you can partner together in this body and and reach one of your best friends or somebody that you may have burned a bridge with a long time ago. Who knows who we can reach when we knit together? I think that's the really cool thing about this body idea.
0: And, uh, and and so far, you know, this may have sounded a little bit like a giant prolonged advertisement for Harbor Church, and, and we promise it's not that. So stick with us. Like, there's there's something kind of deeper here. Um, so in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty two, it says, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. That's something we kind of talk about a lot in church. Um, you know, when you give your life to Christ, when you put him in the driver's seat of your life, he changes your heart from the inside out. And that's a really beautiful thing. Um and, and, and we know that, like, okay, I'm in Christ, I have new life. But here's what happens is a lot of times we, we accept Christ, we follow that relationship with Christ, and we talk so much about this personal, private relationship with Christ that we have a room full of people who have individual relationships with Christ and then show up to be observers at church. And that's not what Christ designed us for. One of the first things that Jesus does when he starts his earthly ministry is he starts putting together a community. You cannot divorce the idea of following Jesus from the idea of being a part of a Christian community. Those two things are, are together. That's always been God's plan. And some of you are, like, are a little bit checked out because I'm sure that you've heard this or maybe you've said this. Oh, I love Jesus. I'm just not super into church. Or I, 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 like, I, I'm in, I love Jesus, but like I just don't like his people, which I get because people are messy and people make mistakes and people hurt us and people let us down. And that's why the crazy thing is, is people were still Jesus's plan to help us grow. Um, remember earlier in that verse, it says that we were joined together by him. In Ephesians 123, it says, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. The body of Christ is made full and complete. You cannot opt out of community and then expect to grow into the fullness of what of what Christ has for yeah, you. That's good. Um, the unity of the church, too, is actually it's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit because we're a big group of people. We're a really diverse group of people. We have different backgrounds. We have different financial situations. We have different political views. We have a lot of a lot of differences. We have the capacity to hurt each other and to misunderstand each other very deeply. But through the power, the supernatural work of what Jesus does in his church, he actually turns us into a family. He knits us together. Yeah, that's super cool.
1: Yeah, we can be excited about that.
0: Um, it says this in, uh, in Ephesians 4, 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Yeah. The key to your spiritual growth might be the person sitting next to you yeah, because, that's good. because God has people in this church that he's brought in here specially to work together, um, and, and, and again, as, as you know, as we mentioned, like if you're feeling a little bit like, OK, well, I'm, you know, if this if this sounds a little bit culty because you're like, Yikes, you're trying to get me into this church building, you have to remember the church isn't the building and the church isn't even this service. Yeah. The church isn't Sunday mornings. The church isn't Thursday night. The church is a group of people who have committed to following Jesus together in community.
1: When we forget that, guys, that's when churches become stuffy and boring yeah. and flat. And uh, maybe this is your only experience at church. Um, maybe this is your 100th experience at a different kind of church. If you know the ones that I'm talking about, where you go in and it feels like it's been dead for 400 years, you know, like I think sometimes they forget what the purpose was supposed to be. In the beginning of the movie, uh, P.T. Barnum creates this museum. He has this. He he has this goal of trying to like entertain people, but. He thinks that, like, they want to see weird and curious things, but he, he gets them as a museum. He gets all these stuffed animals and these weird collections, but it's all dead. And one night, he, he's not selling any tickets, and nobody's coming. And then one night, his daughter goes, Dad, you, you need something alive. That's, that's what people want. They want something alive. And I remember watching that and going, man, isn't that so true? When you walk into a church, if you walk into a heck, walk into a gym, walk into a workplace and it's just it just feels so empty, so boring, so dead. If it's if it's dead, you d- you have no desire to be there. You don't want to be a part of that. It's no wonder that people don't want to go to churches. Churches forgot what their mission was. Yeah. And there's something beautiful about the way we come alive individually and as a group of people. Harbor has done so much Just in the few years that we've existed here in uh, in Hyannis, I mean, when we gave, when we got together and just gave away free Christmas trees, that's not that big a deal, but I watched people come alive and are like, wow, what are you guys doing? Why would you guys do that? I've never seen a church do this. We're like, we just, (laughs) I don't know. We just like stand out in the rain, giving away trees. Like, it's just weird, but. We, we come alive when we, when we have a purpose. And P.T. Barnum experienced that in a really, very real way when he gathered that team after he recruited all those people and they came together. And then other people just came to check out what was going on. Let's see this?
0: It's just good. If you're we not should start every
1: church service with that, man. That's, just, that's it is, awesome. It is.
0: If you're not like a little bit jazzed, you might be legally dead. See a doctor about that. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, we we talk, so we talk a lot in, uh, in here at Harbor about you know dumpster fires. This idea that we're all a dumpster fire and that's completely true. We are. But if well, oh you, yeah, I changed. We're I was getting so hot,
1: babe. I was so hot <laughs>
0: um, in more than one way. <laughs> one whatever. one 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 way. I don't need your validation. One way is plenty. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so we talk a lot a about outfit. dumpster fires, and that's true. We all are dumpster fires. Um, but if that's true, then Jesus is the ultimate dumpster diver. Um, yeah. we, he takes these discarded things. You and I were rejects. We were we were discarded, but he re- he went after us and brought us in. And now he's given us a purpose and a mission. But he didn't rescue us to put us on display behind glass and have us just kind of stand there as this like you know you know dead immovable thing. And the church isn't designed. To be this like group of people that sit in rows and stare off at nothing. The church is designed to be this moving, breathing, interacting organism that gets things done.
1: Yeah, that's a word right there. I got to stand up and walk around. Um, This is this is the thing I'm trying to I want to teach our church because we're we've been growing so fast that it's been like to me. I feel like we always talk about our beginnings, but there's so many people that have come to harbor just in the last year alone um, that have that don't know the story of how we began or know why we began. You're just like, I'm just looking for something different. If 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 Harbor is the church that God's calling you to and maybe it's not, but I know that God is calling you to some church. If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to belong to his bride because getting around other people is what is what feeds us and helps us grow. It's where you get your not just your energy, but it also gives you your instruction. And and what we're supposed to do when we gather around is we're supposed to uh, a lot like that song. We're supposed to just like get together and shine. He he looks over to the bearded lady and he says, hey, they're waiting for you. And she she's so nervous. I almost like I almost see like Jesus a couple thousand years ago looking over at one of his disciples and going, "Hey, they're waiting for you. Go, go, go! Start serving." And there's there's this intimidation, like, "No, not me. I I, I can't do it. I, I'm not good enough. Or I, I won't be I won't be able to do that. I, I I think I'd just rather sit in church and let somebody else minister to me. I don't need to minister to anybody else." See, what you're forgetting about and what I love about this movie, but more so what I love about the Bible is that the Bible says that you are the gift to the church. It's not about Finding a church that's a good gift to you. And this is what Americans do especially. We're like, I want to find a church that serves me. I want a church that has the the, the walls, the the, the color of the way I like it, the windows the way I like it, the band or the choir the way I like it. The pastor better dress the way I like or uh, I, they better have the children's department that I like or the coffee flavor that I, I don't know. We just all it's all about us. It's all about taking in and making sure that we we get what we want. And God's like, that's not how I designed it. If that's how you go to church, if that's how you consider, you know, walking after God, you're going at it from a very selfish mindset. What a real, what what somebody who really has experienced God's grace and forgiveness in their life, what they understand is what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers... Who were the gifts? What was the gift? This is the gift that God gave to the apostles, the pastors, the preachers. He gave them to church. Is that what it says? No, he says to the church, to his bride, he gave them randos. He gave them you. He gave him the person who likes to talk a lot. Don't raise your hand. He gave him the person who's, who can smile even when there's, it's raining. He gave him the person that, that knows how to get stuff done. He gave him the person who, who, who can befriend the, the outcasts. He gave him the bearded ladies and the Irish giants and the wolf boys. He gave, he gave the church this idea that there's a group of people that could come together in the middle of Hyannis and impact Cape Cod and impact New England. God gave you to that. Because you have gifts. He carries it on in first. Yeah, you can make some noise for that. In First Peter chapter 4, verse number 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to get yourself happy. Wait. Use them well every once in a while at Easter and Christmas when you go to church and that's it. No, he says, you've been given a gift. Use them well to serve one another. Everything that God has given you, your weird personality or your really cool voice or your talent to do, I don't know, whatever it is. I don't know what you're into. I don't know what, what you're really good at or what you think you're really bad at. Or if you're like, I, I got nothing to offer. I promise you, you do, because God put something inside of you to make you a unique part of this body or of some church body somewhere. And you might be saying, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't play that important of a role, but... You do, just like everything on your body right now. You can say, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm just an ankle. If I took your ankle away right now, you'd be in a lot of pain, and you would look really weird trying to walk out of here. You are needed. That, that, this is what God's trying to teach us. You're, you're needed, but here's the thing. your gift, Your gift is to contribute, not to consume. See, you have been gifted to give, but we think what the world tells us, what Satan whispers is, you go get, go take. God made you as, as unique as you are. He made you because you're specifically gifted to bless some of the people around you right now. But what you do and what I do is we sit and we go, somebody better make me happy today. They better not be in my seat, and they better not sit too close, and they better not make too much noise, and this popcorn better taste good, and this pastor better be funny, and it better be what I like, and we are about consuming, and what God says is, you'll be your happiest. You'll be fulfilled when you learn to contribute, and if you can practice it here where God has made it easy, then it'll start to come more naturally when you're out in your job or in your home or in your neighborhood or on your basketball team or whatever you're doing. That's where it goes, but you have to remember that. You're here to contribute, not to consume. Yeah.
0: And, if, and if that makes you feel like sort of this, like, growing weight of obligation, like, if what you're feeling right now is, like, ugh, like, crap, like, I, I get it, I have to do work, then, I, then you're not hearing us. Because what this should do, this shouldn't make you feel obligated. This should make you confident. Because some of us come into church and we think, like, oh, I don't know if there's a place. Or we come into this community and we think, like, I don't know if there's a place for me here. I don't know if God can use me. I don't, I don't know if there's anything that I can do. But this, sh- these verses should make you confident because if God has brought you here, if God has called you into a relationship with him, if you're following Jesus, then God has given you a place and a function somewhere in a community of believers. And we also want to be super clear because I know that there's kind of a blurry line here because we, we do have, I mean, we have, um, we have people that, open the door and greet people here, and we have people that serve in kids, and we have people that, you know, serve in the worship ministry and do a bunch of different things, and that's, that is serving, and that's important, and yes, on some level, that is what we're talking about, and you, that is one way that you can serve inside this body of believers, but that's not the end of the list, and I I gotta be honest with you, I don't even know that it's the most important list, the ministry that we have inside the church is the way that you serve one another. Some of you have a story that, only, that someone in this room needs to hear. Some of you have a testimony that someone in this room needs to hear. Some of you have resources that someone in this church might need. Um, and that's, that's why God brought us together. And I'll be honest, and, and we've said this, I can't guarantee that your place is harbor. Some of you, some of you. the truth is, well one, you may be from out of town, um, and, and you, you, know, you may have a church, but also some of you may be being called to another body here in the area, and you feel that. You feel restless, and you feel like you're supposed to be doing something else. Listen to that. We don't need to keep you here. God is going to bring and equip this church to do the work that he wants us to do. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that it's necessarily supposed to be here. It doesn't have to be here, but it does have to be somewhere, because that's how God's designed us to work together.
1: Yeah, the... The the thing that I took away from that last clip that we watched is they have that line like, uh, you know, like let your your light shine, like light your light, let it shine, let it let it shine out, let it burn bright. This whole idea of like, once you get on fire and other people around you get on fire, man, it's just going to become contagious and it's going to burn that much brighter. They stole that from the Bible. Jesus said, <laughs> I don't know, but Jesus says this in Matthew chapter five. He says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds. They can see what's going on. They can see your excellence. And they'll recognize, they'll honor, they'll glorify your father who is in heaven. You don't shine bright to make yourself more famous, to make yourself more popular, to pat yourself on the back. You treat your neighbor well. You love your neighbor. You help that old lady across the street. You show up at work with a smile when everybody else is mad, not because it's about you looking good for you. It's about you looking different and them going, I want what she has. I want to know who he knows. And ultimately, that should point them back to your heavenly father. See, the brighter you shine, the more that, that, that's going to pull people in around you. I love that. And the, the point, though, guys, is not that we, we come together and we're like, all right, I'll shine bright for you, and you shine bright for me, and this is uh, this is just us. The world sucks out there. Let's just us. Let's just huddle up. And you know churches that do that. It's just like a holy huddle, and they, they think, oh, it's, uh, let's circle the wagons. It's us versus the world, and, and, and they don't need it. And And when, when you huddle up in a church like that, and churches become all, in, like, focused inward, all the rest of the world sees is a bunch of butts sticking out. That's all they see. That you, don't look, you don't look appealing to the world. The, God, the Bible says to come together and build each other up, but to shine out into the darkness. So like, like, our goal is that we come together and we help each other shine into the places that need that light the most. We're not called to be us versus the world, us against the world. It's, we're called to be together for the world, not against the world, for the world. That happens when we, when we, when we, when we have this community, we have this, this willingness to come together, you see. It's two parts. If those people hadn't bonded together in this movie, if the freaks hadn't bonded together, if those, those weird, unique people hadn't come together in friendship, it, it, they miss out because, see, a, a, a circus, a circus without camaraderie is just a freak show. And so, like, if, if they hadn't had that camaraderie, they never would have become this circus. And so we as a church need camaraderie. We need to bond together. But a lot of churches forget that they're supposed to be outwardly focused. It's not about us come together and make each other feel good and then forget about the world. So the goal is that we get inspired to go out into the world. So we can't forget about it because a, because a church without a crowd, without, without an outreach, is just a click. And we're not called to be a click. Yeah. We, we bond together, but we focus on what's out there. Yeah. I, I only say that because I know that that's, that's true of so many places. And I think it's just because churches forget that, that key piece.
0: Yeah, it's both. You know, we're supposed to come together and we do have to be a family in here. Otherwise, we're just showing up a few times a week and putting on a performance and that doesn't do anything. Um, but yeah, but we also can't just come together and only focus on ourselves. We have to be on mission or else we're also not doing anything. Um, but also a a huge function of the church and a huge purpose of this gathering of this community is that we encourage each other. Um, and if you step out of that community, you know, we've talked about the fact that Jesus designed us to be connected, but if you pull yourself out of the mix, um, some, uh, some wacky bad things can happen. So we're going to take a quick clip and then we'll come back.
1: Oh, man, it hurts so bad. Uh, I'm like secondhand embarrassed for him. It's so uh, he, we do some dumb stuff, don't we, Kaylee? Sometimes, you know, when we when we begin and see this is the thing, God has called us into this community and often we push away from the very thing that God has given to us to be a blessing to us. I'm guilty of it. Many of you have been guilty of it. We We know that God wants us to be in a church. We know that God has called us to be around other people trying to grow in their faith. And yet for one reason or another, for P.T. Barnum, it was this he wanted to pursue being more popular. He wanted to pursue somebody validating him in a different way. And he pushes out the very people that that he had created a family with. And I think we are guilty of that. And when we do that, when we push away the people that God has for us, when you push those people away, you start you you start messing up. And and the biggest way is that you stop serving. When, when, you, when you push people away, you're, not, you're no longer on that mission anymore. You're no longer giving to what it is that God's called you to. You're actually, you're actually pulled back in, in what, what he does and what we do is we go, hey, what's, what's best for me? What makes me happy in this moment? And we pursue everything the world has, and it doesn't actually make us better. It doesn't actually make us happier. It's just a distraction. And what it ends up doing is it ends up taking us away from the very thing that God created us for, and then we wonder why we have no fulfillment in our life.
0: Yeah, he you know, he he steps away from the very people who really reminded him who he was. There's a line um in there that I don't did we do we look at that yeah. line? Yeah, oh sorry. I apologize. Sorry about that. Um, so there's a line that she says, and, and she says, uh, life always manages to remind me that I don't deserve a place in this world, and that leaves a hole that no ovation can ever fill. The second thing that happens when you push away your people is that you start second-guessing. See, inside of this community, we remind each other and we grow with one another, but we, r- we remind each other of the confident hope that we have in Christ. We remind each other of our purpose. And when we step outside of that, a lot of times we, we lose all the voices that tell us where our value lies, that our value lies in in our mission that we have for Christ. Um, And when that happens, we start to pursue all of these other things. We start to look for our value in dysfunctional relationships or money or power instead of being reminded of the security and the purpose that we have in Christ. See, when your value is secure, you can act in confidence and you can act in the power that's been given to you through Christ. And it's only when you're living that way that you can really accomplish, you know, the mission that he has for you. And when you're, when you're not surrounded by that community who's building you up and pouring into you, a lot of times you forget your value. And then you start trying to establish your value in some really unhealthy ways.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people have the misunderstanding that coming to church is somehow like this is my spiritual workplace and I come to church and I and I have to like get my workout in or I have to do my, my, my you know my job and get a check mark from God or a gold star in heaven. That's not it. Church isn't about you being your spiritual workplace. Your spiritual workplace is everything outside of church. It's where you've got to get to you've got to get to work shining a light in the darkness. You come out of the darkness and you come into this, this should be your spiritual home. This would be where you come and go, man, I I just I want to be here. I want to serve here. I want to help out here. So like when we talk about serving inside church, that's like going home and taking out the trash of your own house. You're not like I don't expect to get paid when I take the trash out of my house. I'm doing that because I want to serve my house. When I go outside of my house, I'm representing my family out everywhere else I go. When you come outside of the church, you're getting to work in your spiritual workplace. And for some of you, that may be your actual home or your family or your neighborhood or your school. But uh, we mess that up a lot, and, and P.T. Barnum messes it up in the movie. He screws up pretty royally. He pursues fame. He abandons his friends. He risks all of the money and investment and loses it, and the building gets burned down, and, man, his family has left. Everything has just gone to ruins, and, it, and I like what happens with a healthy family. When, when you read how the Bible tells us to treat one another that's down, Uh, you'll see a little bit of what happens here um, and how they respond uh, when, when things get bad and when he screws up. Watch this clip. Man, isn't a redemption song so much fun? Can you get into it? I don't have the 10 minutes to show you the rest of that clip. You're going to have to watch it on your own. But there's something just really cool to watch somebody come back home. you know. And he's like, from now on, let this this ring true in my heart that it brought me back to where I need to be. And what he's singing is, hey, I, I have to pull my head out of my butt is what he's singing. And he's like, I get it. I get it. I screwed up. And I love, man, I love when something like that can happen. And it should be the story of the church. The problem is that the church has a reputation for shooting its wounded. See, we, we don't want that here at Harper. If you're jacked up, God's got a plan for that. And he loves you in spite of it. Some of you have, bit, have been avoiding church because deep down you want to avoid God. You feel like you're going to be rejected. Some of you probably have found rejection from church. What you need to understand is that's not God. That's not his plan. If, if a church hurt you somewhere... That's humans, that's, that's the broken part of religion. Religion is man-made stuff. Real Christianity is God reaching down. All the religious stuff is man trying to reach back up, and that's all broken. And if you've been hurt by church, that's not God's fault, that's man's fault. Don't take that out on God. What church is supposed to be, yeah, man, I, I want you guys to feel that. I want you to, to celebrate that, but I want you to know that as a church, we're supposed to be known for our love, That doesn't mean that everything you do is right and good, and I'm not going to tell you, oh, good job, keep beating a screw-up. No, we're going to tell you, hey, man, that's not a good idea. You need to stop doing that. That's not God's best for your life. But I'm going to do it in love. One of the sayings we have here at Harbor is that we accept you just as you are, but we love you too much to leave you there. And if you're messed up, if you're a dumpster fire, yeah, come on. If you're a dumpster fire, I don't look down my nose on a dumpster fire because I'm a dumpster fire too. But my goal is not to, to watch you just sit there and be miserable. Let's get that out. Let's, let's, man. Let's, have, let's see God do something that restores your life. The Bible says in John 13 that it's your love for one another that's going to prove to the world that you belong to me. It's the way that you love one another. It's the way that we take care of each other. That's going to be the thing that impacts people. Not how much stuff we give away, not how many gifts we give, uh, you know, to the, to the boys and girls. Not not how much food we give to the pantry, how many Christmas trees. We, that's great stuff. But what really is going is to come out is when they see how much we love one another and care for one another.
0: 1 Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. And Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of be- evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We are supposed to be a group of people who forgive each other radically. We aren't supposed to hold grudges. We in the church, we, in life in general, but especially here, we tend to swing between enabling or condemning. And God wants us somewhere in the middle. He wants us encouraging one another. Here's the truth. If you, um, if you quit church because somebody made you mad, you've missed a really huge opportunity for growth. Because the way that we handle our disputes with each other is actually how Christ can grow in our hearts, how Christ can grow us and change us. The way that we handle our disagreements, the way that we handle what happens when we disappoint each other or when the church falls short, that's where growth happens. And if we quit every time we get upset or if we kick people out every, t- every single time they upset us, then we're missing a huge chance to grow the, the way that Christ wants us to. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another with acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some do, but encourage one another. We need to spend less time being angry at one another for our shortcomings and more time praying that Christ will equip each of us the way that he's promised to and sharing out of our abundance. If you're wise, don't look down on the people here that are dumber than you. Share your wisdom with them. We have an opportunity to intercede and to pray for each other more than we judge and resent and get angry.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a fact that often we either look down our nose at somebody who's not as good at us or we hide in shame because we think everybody's better than us and neither of those are healthy and that's not good for us. See what, what you need, if you want, if you want to see success happen, if you want to experience that, that healthy family environment where man, a group of people can come together and lift you up and you can be a part of lifting them up. What it's really going to take, this is going to be kind of weird. It's going to take the humility of you being teachable. Now I know that kind of seems like a, a weird curveball to throw at the end, but the reason that most churches struggle and don't actually bless their community and don't really look what God look like what it is that God's called them to be is because they think they've got it figured out. They think, I'll do it my way. I'll do it the way that makes me happy, and then churches end up just fizzling out or splitting apart or ruining their reputation in the community. But if you'll be humble enough to say, God, use some of the people around me right now to teach me. I don't know everything. I don't know everything. I, I, need, I need these people in this room. I need more people in my life. I need to be in community. I need to be connected to people who are also going through life, trying to figure out how to be better, how to be more like Christ. I need that. And if they can sharpen me, if they can pour into me and help me, then, man, I, I, want, I want all of that. Proverbs 24, 6 says it this way. It's by wise guidance that you can wage your war. You can go into battle, and the Bible says that every day you have a battle to face. Every day when you get out of bed, you're going to war on a spiritual level against principalities and powers. You can wage that war when you've got some wise guidance in your life. An abundance of counselors. That means some good friends that pour in good truth. Not the dumb people that keep encouraging you to be a bigger idiot. Get some godly people that will pour into you. That, that amount of counselors, those kind of people, that's where you're going to find victory. That's where you're going to find success. It has to start in your heart. So let this start deep down in my heart like an anthem. He's like, I need this to, to resonate is what, what he's saying. See, everything starts in your heart. For some of you, you can go to a church Every day, You can even serve in ministries at the church. That doesn't make you a follower of Christ. Going to a church is, is not the, the most important step. The most important step is inviting Jesus Christ into your heart. Accepting that you're not a good enough God to answer your problems. You're not a good enough God to take away your sins, but Jesus is. He died in your place. And if you will accept that, if you'll believe that, The Bible says that if you're willing to admit that you need him more than you need anything else, if you'll just confess that you're broken and you'll believe that he can fix you and you invite him in, he'll come in and be your savior. If you've never done that, that's the way you get brought into the family. The Bible says that those of us who have accepted Jesus as our savior, we become co-heirs with Christ. That means we become sons or daughters of God. We get to be in a royal family. And if you have that family, then what Kaylee and I talked about. Then you need to start acting like family. So first step, make sure you're a part of the family. Invite Jesus Christ into your life. That's how you get a clean slate. That's how you have a home in heaven. That's how you can have peace that when you die, you know where you're going. And if you've already done that, then don't be one of those family members that's on the outside looking in. Don't be one of the family members that only comes around at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving or Easter or Christmas. Be the kind of family member that hangs out all the time because you're valuable. Because I need whatever it is that God has put in you. You're gifted and you, your gifting might be the encouragement I need to encourage the next person and so forth and so on. I can't make the decision for you But you can, in your heart, you can say, God, I want to be better. I want to be used by you. Maybe for the very first time, God, I want you to invite you into my life. Or, God, I want to start doing something with my life that matters because I want to contribute to a group of people that are trying to change the world. God, I want to be used. I want that. Before I die, I want to know that I went out giving everything I've got, not to gain something that's going to go away, but to gain something that's eternal. As I pray, why don't you pray? If you would, bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray over you. I'd simply ask you, have you ever invited Jesus in? If not, do that right now. Just just say, God, I want you at the center of my life. You're in control, not me anymore. You move out of the driver's seat. You let him sit there. You let God start calling the shots and watch what he does. Right now, in the quiet of this moment, just simply pray that. Dear Jesus, I need you. I need you more than I need anything else. I can't, I can't fix my issues. I can't take away my sin, but I believe you can. Will you save me? Will you be the God of my life? It doesn't have to be those exact words, but it needs to be something like that. And you invite him in. And if you've already done that, That I want you to ask God, God, where would you have me be a part of a family? God, where would you have me get plugged in? Where would you have me get fed and get motivated and get, maybe I just need, I need encouraged. Maybe it's, it's the idea of I need to get resupplied. Maybe it's the idea of I need a safe place for, for some healing. Maybe it's God, I need to be sent out. I need to be commissioned to go impact my family or my, my school, my workplace. God, I need a place, a home. Maybe it's Harbor Church. Maybe it's somewhere else. But, God, I need to get plugged in and grow in my relationship with you. God, how would you have me do that? Whatever your prayer is, as I pray out loud, you pray quietly right there. God will hear both of us. Here we go. Dearly Father, Lord God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for what the cross means and the redemption that you give us, the fact that you'll fix all of our issues. God, thank you for the fact that you loved us despite how other people see us. God, even the ones that look really good on the outside, we all know that we're messed up on the inside. We all feel like freaks. We all feel dirty. We all feel like we're not quite good enough. Some of us hide it better than others, but God, you know each and every one of us, you know everything that's in in our lives and God, you, you love us in spite of all of our issues and all of our mistakes. God, you died to take away our sins. Thank you for that. God, thank you for creating an organism like a church, a group of messed up people that can come together in a relationship with you and we can build each other up. We can encourage each other and we can change the world. God, thank you that we can belong to something that impacts eternity. God, thank you for letting us belong to something that's bigger than ourselves. God, would you help us here and now as individuals and as a church? Not to ever get cocky, not to look down our nose, not to ever think that there's something beneath us, but God, to always have a heart for reaching more, for seeing our neighbors, for seeing our communities, for seeing the people around us come to know and follow Jesus. God, we need you. Our families need you. Our marriages need you. God, our workplaces need you. Our schools need you. Would you use us? Would you use the people in this room? Would you use the people under the sound of my voice right now, Lord God? Would you use us to change our environments, to be a light that shines in the darkness? God, would we walk away from this message right now, change to look more like Jesus than how we started it? We ask that you would do that in the name and the power and the promise of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: If you'd like to support the ministries of Harbor as we bring the hope of Jesus to our community and around the world, you can visit harborchurch.com give or text any amount to 84321. Thanks for listening. See you next week.